Welcome to the Communication 24-7 podcast, where we communicate about how we communicate. I'm your host, Jennifer Furlong. everybody. We are live. Welcome to the Communication 24-7 podcast, where we communicate about how we communicate. I'm your host, Jennifer Furlong. Today, we are recording another edition of Unscripted, where I bring in a special guest to talk about the world of communication and what are some of the things that they do within that world of communication. And today, my guest is Erin Whalen, who is a professional actor, and she is a compassionate coach. So we're going to talk about that label here in just a minute. But Erin, thank you so much for joining us, uh, being on the show. I'm, I'm so happy that you are here. Jennifer, I feel the same. I am so happy to be here. And I think the work you're doing is awesome. And I'm, I'm so glad to be here and to share this time with you. Thank you so much. I feel the same. And we've we've already had, you know, one conversation previously. And then right before the show started, we were talking about there's definitely um, a lot of uh, room and need for collaboration. So this definitely will not be the last conversa- conversation <laughs> that we have. Um, so anyone who uh, is tuning in or will be tuning in, we are live on Facebook, LinkedIn, as well as YouTube. So we would love for you to be a part of the show. So uh, if you can just give a shout out, you know, in the comments, where are you listening from? Uh, Ask any questions that you would like to have answered. We'll do our best to answer that question Um, and just, you know, be a part of the show. It makes it fun for, for everybody, you know, to be able to have that type of a conversation. So please don't be shy and participate. So it is 11.02 a.m. Uh, in, in Savannah. So, you know, uh, communication 24-7. You know, I'm technically I'm located in a small town called Richmond Hill, right outside of Savannah, Georgia. So, Erin, why don't you introduce yourself? Let us know where are you calling in from? What is, you know, what is your background? And then we'll just kind of jumpstart the conversation from there. Awesome. So I am dialing in from Arlington, Virginia, which is right outside of Washington, D.C. I have a Savannah connection. I've never been there, but my husband went to college down there at Savannah College of Art and Design. So I've heard about Savannah for a million years um, (laughs) because we've been together for a million years. Uh, But I'm so I'm dialing in from Arlington, but I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska. So I'm you know, a Midwesterner at heart now thrust into what feels like a big city, but I'm, I'm, I've got roots here. So I'm, I'm happy to be out on the East coast, be an East coaster, East coaster, East coaster. Yeah. East coaster. I don't know. That's a good question. East coaster, East coaster. (laughs) I am on the East coast. (laughs) That's where I am. I don't know how to describe that other than I'm on the East coast. Um, (laughs) So yeah, um, my background is varied. Like I have, I started right after college as a, as an elementary school teacher, which was not my purpose in life. I only lasted two years. And then I found out real quick that wasn't for you. (laughs) Not, not the right fit. 
not the right fit at all. So, um, and then I just kind of bounced around and did a whole bunch of different work. Um, a lot of experience in acting, which uh, has taken all sorts of forms. Um, and that work, I feel like laid the foundation for the work that I do now as a communication coach, because a lot of the work I do in acting is um, I kind of let go of a lot of the, you know, be an extra in a movie or, um, you know, do, be, be in a play, audition for this play, audition for this small you know, um, this, this short film that's coming to DC. I'm not doing that kind of acting anymore. The acting I still do really has a purpose and not to say that the other acting doesn't, but this is, this feels more in line with what I want to do. So the acting I do now, um, two, two types of acting. One is professional role-playing. So I do work with, uh, for instance, one of the contracts that I do, not through my company, but just as an individual actor, um, I, I work with doctors and I play patients to help them work on their communication skills so that I'm able to fully embody that patient that either they have a hard time communicating with or the patient that triggers them um, because they have this background or this affect or this whatever. So I'm able to portray that for the doctors. And then do that experience, have that experience and then give them feedback. Um, so that's kind of one of the ways that I'm using acting right now. And the other way is I, I'm a playback theater practitioner. So I do playback theater, which is a, an improvisational theater form. And we hear people's stories and then we play them back. So we um, go into communities and, and do this, companies. Uh, or we just have shows for the public. Whoever wants to come can just come and, and share their story, usually related to some kind of theme. And we we hear their stories. We listen intently. We try and capture what the essence of that story is. We play it back for our audience members. That's amazing. Um, I, I think what you are doing is so needed. And there's a couple of things that I want to be able to unpack yeah. know, during this interview. Um, first, the idea of the the things that you learn, the concepts that you learn as an actor and how mm. you are able to connect those concepts to being a more effective communicator. So that's one thing that I want to spend some time unpacking. Um, and then some other things, you know, you had mentioned improv, you know, I, mm -hmm. I know personally that there are, you know, some elements to even improvisation that could help you know, individuals become better at communicating. Um, and, and then another thing I wanted to unpack, so we're going to have a lot to talk about would be the, uh, you know, e even just the, the title of your company, you know, compassionate coaching. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to talk a little bit about that, where that came from and, yeah. you know, how that stems from your values, you know, mm -hmm. as, as a person and, and what it is that you're hoping to achieve with that. So let's, let's start with, you know, some of those concepts that you've learned as an actor and, and highlight, you know, highlight maybe, you know, two or three items that you have noticed throughout your experience, you know, as a professional actor that you've been able to bring into this world of communication consulting and communication coaching. What are some of the things that you help individuals learn to do in order to become a more effective communicator? That is a wonderful question. And I would have to say one of the things you have to do as an actor is you have to um, get into another person's 
perspective, get into their skin, um, get into their thoughts, their feelings, their reactions. Um, and so that, that has helped me develop the skill of being able to see other people's perspectives more clearly and empathize with them. And so I, you know, I have a broad idea of all of the things that someone could think about a topic or about, um, about a person or about a situation because I've put on different roles throughout the years, right? I've been able to step into what would it be like to look at this from the perspective of an elderly African-American man? What would it look like if I consider the situation from a 12-year-old um, girl who has, um, you know, a, a single parent or to, to be able to step into those different roles, I think, has given me the ability to quickly be able to see things from different perspectives. And I think that that's something that everyone can and, and should be able to uh, do, right? Because we, we're we the stars of our own world, right? We're the, we're, yeah. we're very- we're main, so- Yeah, we, <laughs> we are the main attraction. We're the main attraction, <laughs> right? And, and it's easy to think that everyone thinks like us or everyone views the situation the same way or everyone hears something the same way, but that's not true. It's not true. It's good to step outside of yourself and consider the possibilities of how someone else might be interpreting a statement, a situation. Yeah, that's such a valuable um, tool to be able to use. And and that's actually one of the things, you know, even in a communication classroom, let's say if, you know, uh, in in an interpersonal communication class, you know, uh, sometimes we'll talk about a theory called standpoint theory, you know, and I'm sure that you've, you've probably heard of that and that you're literally doing what you just described. You kind of put yourself into someone else's shoes and you think about what would this story look like from that person's point of view, you know, and some of the fun things that we would do in class, you know, let's say, you know, for example, the three little pigs or, you know, Little Red Riding Hood, you know, some some well-known story, and it's always told from the main character's perspective. But what if you you were to put a twist on that? Now, how would that story go from the mm. point of view of, you know, the the oldest brother pig, you know, from the three little pigs? You know, what would that perspective be like be like? And then the second, you know, little pig, how would that story play out from the second little pig's, you know, point of view? Mm. Um so, and in communication, you know, I always like to to remind anyone I'm working with is that the message you send may not necessarily be the message that's received. Yep. Because just like you said, you know, we all have uh, different frames of reference, mm-hmm. and those different frames of references are uh, created by the the uh, the experiences that we've had, and all of us have yeah. very different experiences. So being mindful of that other person's perspective as best as you can, because it's impossible to completely know, you know, where, where they're truly coming from and truly what their experiences have been, but to just be mindful of that, Mm. you know, is such an important tool. So how do you, you know, some of the things that you do is role-playing, right. Mm -hmm, To mm -hmm. help others uh, become better at this concept of, you know, uh, thinking about this from another person's perspective. Are there things that you do to prepare for that? You know, because sometimes like you had just mentioned a second ago, you know, how would this look like to me from, 
you know, from from an African-American male's perspective or mm-hmm. from a, you know, 10-year-old little girl's perspective or, you mm-hmm. know, how do you prepare for something like that if that's truly like you're so far removed from that perspective? It's really difficult to try it to is. assume. Yes, you know. it is. It is. And I think I think the preparation might sound counterintuitive, mm-hmm. but the preparation is actually to just be as present as possible. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I prepare well, I might be doing some meditation prior. Mm -hmm. I might be doing some, um, you know, some, some reflection or just some time to just let go. Because the other thing is when the role-playing does happen, you don't have any time to prepare, right? right? You may only have just the minute or two it takes to set up what it's going to look like and and Mm -hmm. who that person wants to practice, you know, conversing with. Um, So to really empty myself is the best preparation because if we're present and if I'm letting go of all of the preconceived notions I have, and if I'm letting go and I just listen intently to the type of person that they're describing, then I'm more able to fully embody that person because I'm letting go of, of all of the stuff and all of the inner critic that might be happening in my own mm-hmm. mind, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You don't know anything about that perspective. You don't know anything about being that person, but we do, right? Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I will never, for instance, be able to understand what it's like to be Black in America. I, right. I can't know that. And I'm yeah. very clear that that is a different experience than my own experience mm-hmm. as a white woman, right? Right. However, I can tap into emotions that I can imagine they might be experiencing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I can tap into what it feels like to be um, overlooked, mm-hmm. to be misunderstood, to be to be grieving. I can tap mm-hmm. into those human experiences to try and um, step into the shoes of someone whose experience is very different from my own. Right, right. That is an excellent point to make. You know, we're not trying to assume that we know everything from from another person's point of view. However, just on a human level, right? Just when we look at what it is to be a human being Mm -hmm. um, and to go through this thing we called life, which is is hard, by the way, right? So- Who has not experienced, you know, that feeling of disappointment or that feeling of being judged or that mm-hmm. feeling of, you know, being hurt, mm-hmm. um, you know, being scared in some way, you know, the, being concerned about something, being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 that is such a critical piece to being an effective communicator is being able to tap into that and to understand that my truth is not synonymous with the truth, right? So we all have these different experiences, but to be able to understand that there are some basic things that we all do have in common and, and mm-hmm. those emotions and feelings, the way it feels, we can, we definitely can tap into that. Are you wanting to start a podcast, but don't know where to begin? Afraid you don't have the technical know-how to produce one? Trust me, I felt the same. The good news is I found the perfect program, and if I can do it, trust me, you can do it. The user-friendly program I'm talking about is called Alitu, the podcast maker. Alitu is an online platform that uses very simple drag-and-drop tools designed specifically for podcasters. 
You can edit an entire show literally in minutes, which gives you more time to create more content and concentrate on growing your audience. Don't worry about buying special equipment either. Just use what you have. And if you're worried about sound quality, Alidu automatically cleans your audio so you sound crisp and clean. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, stop thinking and start doing. And if you're using another editing tool, but you are not quite happy with it, I say give Alitu a try by clicking on the link in the show notes. Absolutely. So um, earlier you had mentioned um, improv Mm -hmm. and that's something I have not, I have not uh, gotten the, uh, uh, what do I want to say? I have not become brave enough (laughs) to sign up for an improv class. Although, you know, like in the classroom, we would do kind of sort of like some improvisation, especially in public speaking. You know, um, you know, I would easily throw out a topic and then we would just kind of on the spot create many, you know, uh, speeches on that topic. That's amazing. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of similar. Yeah. Um, But what are some things that, you know, if someone wanted to take an improv class, what are some of those things that they do in in that class? You know, because I know there are probably a lot of people like myself who have always been interested in it. And I think it would Mm. be fun, but just hesitant because you're just afraid of what's happening in there. So take us through (laughs) that. What would an improv class look like? and, And what would we be able to take away from that as far as, you know, helping improve our communication skills? Well, and just to be clear, the type of improv I do is very different. So I'm not like, whose language is it anyway? Like that is not the type of improv yeah. I do. <laughs> That's a fantastic show, by the way. It's so good. It's so good. I don't even know. Is it still on? Is it? Are they still like? I don't know. I know they do reruns at least. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's an excellent okay. show. Somewhere out there. Yeah. It's so fun to watch. Um, so I, I don't have that type of um, experience in improv. However, the some of the concepts are the same. So let me talk a little bit again about playback to give you a frame of reference. And then I'll talk through um, probably the most popular or well-known concept of improv that is very helpful when, when you think about communication skills. Okay. So playback, we, um, we hear people's stories and then we play them back. So we hear a story and there's usually a theme. So say the theme is um, I'm going to be involved in a show in May on uh, the mothers in our lives, right? In, in, Mm -hmm conjunction with Mother's Day. However, doesn't have to be in terms of a biological mother, right? It could be a mother figure, grandmother figure. Um, So people are coming to the show already thinking in terms of the mothers in their lives, right? And maybe some stories. So we elicit stories from them about their mothers or the mothers in their lives. And the stories that we hear we just have to listen as the actors. We have to listen very carefully, not just to the story, but any sort of emotions that that person is expressing, because that is the deeper level, right? We've got, we've got the facts and then we've got this, this connection to our heart with Mm -hmm. these stories. So then when we play back that story, we're not just playing back a chronological or a, you know, once upon a time. And then the facts of the story, we're playing back the essence of that person's story. Mm. So when we do play back, we're really listening intently, which is a huge component of communication skills, as you know, right? Mm -hmm. You're listening with intent to hear and understand that person and what they're really trying to say. We're letting go, like we talked earlier about how we might 
you know, personally perceive that, but really try and get into their shoes, try and see it from their perspective. What are they trying to communicate with us? Mm-hmm. So I think this concept is probably the most well-known improv concept and it is, you know, taught, if you will, in traditional improv classes. And it's also something that we do in playback. It's yes. And, Mm, and so what that means is if you're improvising and you have people that you're improvising with, literally there's no plan. Like you may have a plan in your head about what's going to happen and they may have a plan in their head about what's going to happen. And it could be completely different. So you have to make it up together as you go along. And if someone offers you um, a, a gift is what we call it, right? A gift of, of where to move the story or, or what character you should be, the response is yes, mm-hmm. but it doesn't stop there. It's yes and, right? So Jennifer, if you and I were like improving something right now, mm-hmm. And you were trying to clue me into the fact that I was going to be, you know, Little Red Riding Hood. I would say, yes, and I love my red cloak. And you look so scary with those teeth, right? So I would be saying, yes, I'm Red Riding Hood, Red Riding Hood and you are the wolf, right? So it's right. It's not negating yeah. any offer, right? Yeah. And the connection, and I'm sure you're already like, all the connections to communication skills. But the connection is, especially like, say, teams working together. If you're in a meeting and someone's always shooting down every possibility, you're not Mm going to get anything done. And in fact, you're just going to hurt feelings and, you know, breed resentments. It's not going to be productive. So if people are able to listen and take that as a yes and then add on to it, you're going to see so much more growth, creativity, so much more of a functional team, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, there's a concept I, I talk about a lot in workshops. It's called, you know, um, communication climate. Mm. And I can see such a great connection between what you're talking about and the communication climate that we're setting up. You know, so for example, you know, we'll go with your example of, let's, you're having a team meeting and mm-hmm. you can feel that, that negative, heavy weight of a bad communication climate, you know, just like with the weather, you know, if it's cloudy and it's raining and it's dark and, you know, everybody's unhappy and everyone's stressed out. Um, But I really like how, you know, the yes and idea, because in order to um, confirm right, what someone else is thinking, what someone else is saying, that doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that they're, that they're saying, but who doesn't want to feel acknowledged, right? Who doesn't want to feel you can disagree with me, but at least try to understand where I'm coming from. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so if you can, this is such a great, I think I'm going to use this the next time I'm, I'm yeah. um, (laughs) You know, listen to what the person is saying, especially, you know, if you're engaged in conflict and we already Mm -hmm. established, we have this negative communication climate going on. Think about how quickly you could try to change that communication climate with, with words that affirm what the other person is saying. And then you can add on to that, you know, so if they, they say something, yes. And, you know, and keep building off of that. So what a wonderful tool, you know, to be able to use, um, not only in the workplace during team meetings and try to help, you know, uh, make better connections and better manage that conflict, but, you know, even, 
course in personal relationships. Right? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh I really love that. What an amazing tool to use. Um let's let's spend a little bit of time talking about um what you do in terms of going into different organizations, you know, and what are some of the things that you specifically focus on, you know, in your your coaching um, and your consulting. So take me through what is the typical organization like for you? What is it that you you're trying to help them, you know, achieve when, when you go into an organization? Hmm. So my goal is to help people communicate, especially people in the helping profession, helping them communicate more effectively and compassionately. Mm-hmm. So the benefits to that are just innumerable, right? If people are going to communicate among themselves as a team, more communicate more effectively and compassionately, they're going to be a much stronger team. They're going to care about each other, right? Mm -hmm. And the data shows that when we actually care about the people that we work with, it's Mm going to be more productive. There's going to be less burnout, less turmoil. Mm -hmm. And then the people that they serve, right? If they're able to communicate with them effectively and compassionately, Just think of how much we could benefit as a society if we all work on communicating better, right? More Mm -hmm. effectively and more compassionately. Our world is really lacking in that area, unfortunately. Yeah, we are we are very much divided in this yes. day and age. And that's something that I think you and I both agree. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I also want to do, you know, through through the programs that I run is to just help people make that connection, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not always going to agree on everything. And that's okay. We're human, right? Right. right. Um, any relationship that you are in, whether it's a professional relationship or you know, a romantic relationship, if it's a friendship. Um, if you're going to be in that relationship for any length of time, mm-hmm. at some point, if you, if you're, if you're together long enough, you will find a way to disappoint the other person <laughs> and vice versa. The right. other person will find a way to disappoint you and the workplace mm-hmm. is no different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and sometimes, you know, in the workplace, we're forced to work with others that, mm-hmm you know what, let's be honest, at the end of the day, it's like, you are not someone that I would choose to hang around, right? right <laughs> You're right. not someone I would choose to hang around with. Right. Um, and, and, but you said something about, you know, with, with compassion and communicating with compassion and listening with compassion. And mm-hmm. so let's say I'm trying so hard, you know, to try to make a connection and, and trying to uh, have some compassion for the other person. I would recommend, even if you can't get to that point, because I know so many people who work in different organizations and it's just, it ain't happening, right? Right, right, <laughs> like, right, just, right. just don't like them. That's yeah. fine. But at least think about the goals that you've set together, you know, mm-hmm. as a department or, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as an organization, you know, think about the values that, you might share in order to achieve that goal. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is a way to uh, to work in a bit of compassion into that communication. Yeah. You know, if you can think in terms of, all right, I'm not going to think about that person as an individual and their life choices and, you know, all of those things that mm-hmm. they post on Facebook, you know, and all right. of that stuff. 
Um, but we're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we, we both agree on the goal. Um, you know, we agree that the values that the organization has set, you know, mm -hmm. we agree with those values. Yes. And so maybe that's another workaround to be able to have, you know, the compassion for that aspect of it. Focus on, focus on the goal that yeah. we can achieve together. And, and that's you know, really tough. At the, hearing you say it like that, it really brings to mind, how cool is that? That two people mm -hmm. can be so opposite and yet have the common ground of believing strongly in, in the company's or the nonprofit's vision mm -hmm. or their purpose. So how cool is that? That yeah. we're, we're going to be different from each other. Like we are unrepeatable. Like we are yeah. individuals. There is never going to be another Jennifer Furlong, just like right. you, right? Yeah. <laughs> But that's, that's a good thing, right? right, it, right. it makes it challenging if those people are either polar opposites to us or for whatever reason, they just, they just bother us. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It happens, right? It's I mean, yeah, humans. Of course it happens. <laughs> of course it happens. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I do. That's not kind of, that is what I do, <laughs> right? So if you're struggling with even a coworker, as I, as I talked earlier about the role playing, like I, or my other professional role players that I bring on to, to do teamwork with me can become that coworker who drives you crazy. Mm -hmm. And you can practice having a conversation with that coworker in mm -hmm. this low stakes environment where you yes. can try saying this or saying that, see how it lands. And you can try it in this low stakes way. It's a safe way. You're not going to risk embarrassment in front of your coworker or, you know, wanting to strangle them. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, you can practice it. Right. And gain the skills of what, what works for me and what works for them when it comes to having a conversation, how do I keep my boundaries while still communicating in a way that they hear me? Right. And then I'm heard too. Right. Or that they hear me and I hear them so that it's, mm -hmm. it's both, it's both ways. And so you try that with the role player until you feel like, okay, I got this. I'm going to try this in real life and see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so anybody who is, you know, watching this and, you know, in the future, if you're watching the recording, remember communication is a skill, just oh. like any other skill. You have to work at it to get good at it. So what Aaron is talking about is so incredible incredibly important because, you know, when we think about practicing, we usually think about public speaking, right? Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of communication, um, I want to practice the speech that I've written out so that, you know, I feel prepared. It sounds good. You know, it's smooth. Um, but you're right for those really important conversations, you know, you can apply those same concepts, you know, and that's what you're talking about. You know, the practice part of it, um, and you're providing a, a, a safe environment mm -hmm. where you can try these concepts out, right? And, and you don't have to worry about, okay, if they're going to take it a certain way, you know, um, and it ends up escalating versus de-escalating what mm -hmm. it is, you know, the exact opposite happens than what you intended. So um, I really love that idea of you bringing in, you know, the role-playing and, giving individuals the opportunity to practice, yeah. you know, some of the concepts that we talk about. It's so important. It's not just about public speaking and practicing for public speaking, right? you know, 
everyday communication is, is, is so incredibly important and what may work for one person Mm -hmm. may not necessarily work, you know, for another person. It's the Amazon you love, but for work, make workplace procurement easier with convenient delivery options, simplified purchasing workflows, multiple payment options, and a competitive marketplace with business only pricing and quantity discounts. Anyone who makes purchases for work like procurement specialists, office administration, IT departments, for example, can create a free account for their business. Create your free business account today by clicking on the link in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are so unique. And because Mm -hmm. even though I can fit into boxes, right, like I fit into the introvert box. I fit into the mom box, right? I fit into all of these boxes, (laughs) right? And yet, and yet I'm still an unrepeatable human being who's Mm going to react differently. And so it is, I know people are probably like, well, great, I'll never get it right. But it's, it's an art. It's an art to be able to figure out how do I communicate effectively and compassionately with this person who fits Mm -hmm. some of the boxes, but I'm still trying to figure out like exactly how to maneuver that conversation and how to how to communicate so that we understand each other. That's right. a, it's an art, it's a skill and it's an art and it, it takes yeah. practice. And I yes. think another beautiful thing is that when people try working with me and, and role players, then they get the feedback, right? Right. And they get feedback yeah. about things that they may not even have thought about. Mm-hmm. And it's not feed. It's once again, in that low stakes environment. So you're not getting feedback from your boss <laughs> about yeah. your performance. Yeah. You're getting feedback about that person that you have a, a hard time communicating with, whether it's a client, a coworker, a customer, a, a superior, right? Mm-hmm. Having that conversation and having that role player really embody that person, then they can give you feedback. Now, it might not be exactly how the person in real life would respond, but they can at least guess, give an educated yeah. guess and say, okay, when you said this with this tone of voice, I actually mm-hmm. felt like you were being very condescending towards me. Yeah. I felt yeah. Judged, right. Yes. So they can take these observable behaviors mm-hmm. and try and take on that persona of that person and then say, okay, if I'm this person and this per and, and you are speaking to me in this way or using these words, et cetera, this is how I feel. Right. Right. Yeah. And that really takes away that, you know, I, I cringe whenever I hear anyone say, well, I'm going to say it the way I say it. And, you know, you can either deal with it or not, you know, that's, that's your problem. (laughs) And it's like, uh, you know, that's not going to be the most effective way to handle, especially if you're, you know, engaged in conflict, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you really do have to be mindful of that, that what you say and how you say it, you know, you really can impact how the other person could potentially, you know, react to that. Even though we all know you can't control what anybody else says, you can't control what they do, you know, you can't control anyone else's behavior. But when you practice communication long enough, you can begin to see how the different tools that you use can help shape right? Mm -hmm. That, that communication situation, you know, Mm -hmm. so there are ways to, to uh, be affirmative Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, and, and again, still disagree with someone, but still be respectful, right. And, and still keep that line of communication open. Um, 
you know, and earlier we had mentioned, of course, you know, a lot of us work in so many places where we, we're, we're stuck with people that, you know, we may <laughs> not necessarily enjoy working with. We may not necessarily like, you know, that person, you know, that individual, their behavior, whatever it is that yeah. we disagree with. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, whatever your organization is, you know, it doesn't matter what the organization is. You need to have people around you who are going to disagree with you every now and again. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need others to keep us in check. If, yes. if we're, if we're surrounding ourselves with people who agree with us all the time, then when are we ever going to know when it's time to maybe challenge the status quo, right? Exactly. When are we, when are we going to know that, maybe this is not the best idea. Maybe this isn't, you know, the, the right approach. Maybe we need to get some different perspectives, you know, so that we can understand, you know, you know and hearing you say that it, it makes me think of if that climate is turbulent and, you know, toxic, people are not going to feel safe speaking up. Right. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of it comes back to the climate of, of mm-hmm. the company of the organization, because yes. if people aren't going to challenge the decision or if they're just saying, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, the whole time, it's not necessarily because what you're doing is great. It might be because right. they're scared to disagree with they're you. Just afraid, yeah, they're afraid to, yeah, yeah, because what's going to happen, right. right? What could potentially happen? So it's, you know, organizations, those of you who are in charge, you know, <laughs> make sure that that you're establishing that type of communication climate where, um, employees, you know, the workforce feel as if they are able to engage in, in these important type of conversations, you know, and, and feel free to challenge. Now, you know, I will say it's not enough to say, well, I don't like that because it feels wrong, or I don't Mm -hmm. like that because it, you know, it feels bad. It's, it's okay to have feelings, but we also need to be able to back that up, right. With some, with some concrete, you know, uh, evidence or examples of, all right, so, at the end of the day, why, why do you feel like this is wrong? Or why do you feel this? Or why do you feel this could be the, the wrong trajectory, you know, exactly. that we're going down? Exactly. Um, so, so you named your company Compassionate Coaching, mm-hmm. right? Um, why, why did you choose that name, you know, out of, out of, and I know as a business owner, there's a lot of pressure, right? So <laughs> yeah. what is the title of my company going to be? And how does right. it describe me and what I want to, you know, so tell me a little bit about that. You know, how did you decide on compassionate coaching and, and how does that represent you as a person? Hmm. So I, I'll start with a story of when I was founding this company, which was late 2020. And I, and I picked the name and I didn't have a website yet, but I had like a landing page, right? Where it's just like coming soon. And I picked the name Compassionate Coaching. And then my my website is compassionatecoaching.org. And I sent it to a friend and I said, what do you think? And she said, that's you. And I was like, okay, like this, I think I'm on to something here. Um, and I've done, so I'm a certified life coach, but the coaching I do is communication coaching now. So it took me a while after founding my organization to really find my my niche and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's that communication work, especially with the with the acting experience that I have with the role playing with the playback theater. So so even back then, before I had the idea of communication being my focus, 
compassionate coaching felt right. It was, you know, 2020 was in the middle of the pandemic before the vaccines were available. Everything felt scary, unknown, frustrating, um, just a lot of fear, right? Mm -hmm. And compassion is one of the values that I, you know, that I ascribe to, that I try and live my life by. Um, Through my my coach certification process, you know, you have to do a lot of work on yourself. And and one of the things we did was was values, like figure out your values. Um, And it was in the top three was compassion. And so I thought this is this is it, you know, this is, this is the way I want to coach. So it's more, it's not more, it's, it's both who I am. I try to be a compassionate person and how I coach, right. I try to coach with compassion. So some people are just really direct and we'll just say it like it is. And we'll, you know, tell, you no, that doesn't work. And that's just not my style, right. I, mm-hmm. I approach things with more empathy and with more um, trying to take on that person's perspective and trying to yeah reach them in a way that honors them and helps them to still feel heard and not feel crushed or judged. So that's, that's the purpose of it, of of the name is that I wanted Mm -hmm. to describe and it's helping to keep me accountable too. Cause like, even as I say, Oh, I'm a compassionate person. I'm like, yeah, but (laughs) (laughs) it can be challenging at times. It really can, (laughs) you know, because I, I will tell you, I'm, you know, with my communication style, Mm-hmm. And my personality type, mm-hmm. um, I'm one of those direct people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes and, and others who have, you know, taken any of my workshops, we talk about different communication styles and, and how you can adapt to those communication styles. And so with someone like myself, who is more direct, you know, I, I don't like a lot of small talk, you know, all the, the little <laughs> chit chat, you know, before, before the meeting begins, you know, or if the meeting has begun, yeah. you know, all the little chit chat. So I have to, I have to really remind myself that the chit chat isn't necessarily wasted, wasted time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. chit chat functions as a way to uh, create, maintain relationships, you know, in the mm-hmm. organization. So if, if there's somebody like myself who has that more direct you know, conversation style and more direct communication style. You know, that's one of the things that we also talk about is just being mindful of how to adapt, you know, and that's really what you're talking about. You come, I, if, if I were to guess, I think you would be more of a people oriented communication style where you're very much focused on, you know, okay, these decisions that are happening in the organization, but how is it going to impact the workforce? Yes. these decisions. So for someone like you, um, the water cooler talk, right? The chit chat, <laughs> the, the getting to know everyone and, and understanding from their perspective, that's going to come naturally for you. Um, whereas someone who's more direct or, you know, maybe someone who um, tends to be a little more strategic minded, you know, mm. someone who likes to analyze and we have mm-hmm. those people who like to overanalyze everything, yeah. you know, that can be a, a bit of a challenge um, as well. So uh, what, what advice do you have for others like myself who are not naturally inclined <laughs> to be, <laughs> you know, uh, to go more to that compassionate side, you know, because mm-hmm. we do tend sometimes we're, sometimes we are um, mischaracterized as like the, the bullies, right? Because, well, because it's like, you know, we like short sentences and <laughs> directly to the point. And it's yeah. like, okay, there's no question. Well, then let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Did you wait seven seconds? Did you right. wait? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, what what would be, you know, like just a quick piece of advice that you would have? Let's say you go into an organization and you know, this I think this happens a lot in the medical field as well, because you know, everything is happening so quickly. Yep. And I think we've had a conversation about this before when in our previous conversation with, you know, uh, with doctors or nurses or, you know, medical students who are who are being trained to go into the Mm -hmm. medical field. Um, What do you say to them? Because they're trained to just, we got to get, you know, we've got to diagnose and we've got to move on to the next patient. Yep. Um, So how do you, how do you uh, emphasize to them the importance of being able to take that moment and and how do you help them develop that part of their communication skills? Mm. Mm. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is a quote. I can't remember who said it, Mm -hmm. but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. And so I think, you know, thank God for doctors. Thank God for the people who can go out there and, and learn. You know, I think you like double your vocabulary when you're in med school, like who can just have the capacity for retaining and processing immense amounts immense amount of information and, and data so that they can diagnose and treat, right? Like that's their purpose. Um, but we have to acknowledge that that's a human being sitting across the exam table, right? Sitting mm-hmm. across the room, that's a human being. And so I think two things are coming to mind. One is that, you know, as you say, like, oh, I'm naturally a direct person. Now, clearly, you know, in our conversation, I can tell that you've you're able to figure out how to communicate compassionately, right? Like you, you you know how to do it. But for those Mm -hmm. people who are like, I just don't know. um, (laughs) No one's asking you to change your natural way. One thing that helps is, and it's not, it's not an opportunity to just like excuse yourself from, from the work, right? Cause it does take mm-hmm. work to improve your communication skills. But in the meantime, one thing that you can say, but you have to actually honestly believe it. <laughs> right, right. Um, say you're a fast talker, right? Yeah. If you're going to be leading a meeting or starting a conversation with someone, maybe you're, you know, a direct report or something, you can, you can start by saying, look, I know I talk fast. I've always talked fast. <laughs> I want you to feel comfortable interrupting me or, or, you know, um, asking questions as I go through so that if you can just recognize that there's something about yourself, that's not going to change overnight, Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. admit it up front at the meeting, at the conversation, et cetera, so that others have that moment to say, Oh, okay. Yeah. He is talking fast, but he knows it. And he wants me to interrupt or, and he said, he's going to give me, you know, time at the end to ask all my questions or it, whatever it is, but saying mm-hmm. something up front is helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the, you know, medical schools teaching future doctors, I mean, it's like ingrained in the courses that they do now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they practice having these conversations with patients. They practice delivering bad news. They practice. It's actually part of their um, board certification now is that they have mm-hmm. standardized patients as Mm -hmm. part. So it's not just, you know, sit down and take a test. It's no, you have to practice interviewing this patient and communication skills is part of that. So it's, it's slowly, but surely becoming ingrained in that work so that it's so important to remember it's it's another person sitting, sitting there with you. You have to remember that. 
Yeah. And I think regardless of whatever career path that you're in, you know, whether you're in the medical field, whether um, you're in business, you know, what, whatever your, your field is, it's, it's really important to, to remember that whoever's sitting across that table from you, whether it's a conference table or, you know, it's a desk, um, you know, someone sitting, you know, in, in, on the bed, you know, in the hospital, like you mm-hmm. said, you know, it, it's a human being and mm-hmm. it's really easy to forget that yeah. um, aspect of it. If you enjoy listening to podcasts, it's a good bet you probably enjoy listening to audiobooks as well. Have you tried Audible? There are literally thousands of audiobooks and podcasts on Audible with new titles being added every week. So here's the good news. You can try out Audible Premium or Audible Plus free for 30 days. You can listen anywhere, anytime, when commuting, exercising, running errands, or while doing housework. Check out the links in the show notes to access your free trial today. Um, yes. Um, yeah, Erin, so any any final thoughts, uh, recommendations, you know, uh, anything that you want to say before we before we wrap this up? Uh, the one thing that's coming to mind is just to encourage people who maybe are, maybe you're struggling with like, I don't know how in the world I'm supposed to start considering other people's perspectives. Like maybe this just feels like an overwhelming concept. The thing that's coming to me is try and find ways to do this on a, on a daily or a weekly basis on really low stake ways. Like for instance, if you're driving and you, and someone cuts you off, think of five different reasons what, where they're headed and why they cut you off right? Maybe they're rushing to the hospital. Maybe they didn't see you. Maybe they, um, you know, worked a 12 hour shift and are going home and, and aren't as attentive. Try and come up with reasons as to why that might have happened beyond our initial response, which is probably like, oh, that's a jerk. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. And get angry about it. And then right. next thing you know, you're, you're driving all crazy. Right. Right. <laughs> so if this concept feels too overwhelming and, and too hard to try, just, just incorporate it in small ways and low stakes ways, um, you know, through, throughout the course of your day or your week. And, and then you'll start to see like, oh, I'm starting to naturally see things from different perspectives or I'm naturally more open to what other people might be thinking or feeling about that. So that's, yeah. that's my advice for how to, how to chunk it, how to, how to make it a little bit more of a, of a concrete way you can start incorporating this in your life. Yes. And we are a work in progress. Yes. So yeah, a little bit every day. And uh, that's, that's all we can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As communicators. So how can people contact you? I'm going to add, you know, all of your contact information later on into the comments and, you know, into the show notes for, for when I put this out on the podcast platforms, but uh, where can people contact you? So the best way to contact me is to just send me an email, Erin, E-R-I-N at compassionatecoaching.org or just DM me. I'm most active on LinkedIn and Instagram. So um, Instagram, I'm Erin underscore compassionate coaching and LinkedIn. I have to look because I don't have this memorized. (laughs) (laughs) LinkedIn, I'm Erin dash Whalen, W-H-A-L-E-N dash compassionate dash coaching. So just DM me or send me an email. That's the quickest way to find me and, and to reach out to me. 
Okay, that's awesome. And at the very beginning, I did get some error messages from the LinkedIn platform. I think the first several minutes, maybe there was something corrupted. I'm not sure, but I'm getting the little green check mark now. So I think <laughs> it's okay, but you know, I'll double check that. And if I need to just re, you know, this is being recorded. So if I need to just kind of place this back into LinkedIn again, you know, I'll, I'll do that as well. But again, I'll make sure that contact information and everything is you know, uh, put into the comments as well as in the show notes, you know, um, again, so thank you so much, Aaron, this has been such a pleasure. Um, you really help soften the rough edges for someone like myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it, it is, it, you know, that again, I'm, that's why it's, it's so important to be able to have people in your life who you can speak with and think about those different perspectives. You have given such great advice today. Um, And I I think what you're doing is important and the world needs it. You know, I think we all need it to be able to practice a little more compassion, you know, on a daily basis. So thank you for what you do and um, just know that, that you are appreciated. Oh, Jennifer, I don't know what rough edges you are talking about. (laughs) Trust me, they are there. (laughs) Thank you so much. I've had such, it's been so joyful just talking to you today. Thank you for the opportunity. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, everyone else, uh, take care and uh, we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Communication 24-7 podcast with your host, Jennifer Furlong. You have chosen to spend part of your day with me in your ears and in your headspace, and I appreciate that. I'd like to ask you for a couple of favors. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave me a rating and a review, because the more ratings and reviews the show has, the higher up the list it will move. Also, please recommend the Communication 24-7 podcast to your family and friends who, let's face it, could probably use some communication skills training anyway. Am I right? And lastly, email me your pressing communication-related questions. I know you got to have some. Email them to info at communication247.com. That's info at communication247.com. That's all, folks. Till next time. Mm-hmm.